Good evening, guys. Uh, tonight we have got a great show for you and uh, a couple of new outlaws as well to introduce. So lots of exciting things to talk about. Uh, I will move on to those swiftly, but I shall quickly uh, introduce myself and our two new guys. So I'm Outlaw Colin hosting this evening and with me I've got Kareen and Alex. Hello. Hello, I'm Corin. I am a photographer and a paranormal investigator and a general weirdo and thank you so much for having me as part of the Outlaws. And I'm Alex, I do videos, paranormal investigations and stuff and I class myself as a horror newbie because yeah. even though I've watched the films out there I can't even remember <laughs> half of them. <laughs> well, we're gonna we'll, you'll get a crash course, uh, Alex, for sure, with us because yeah. uh, that's all we talk about. Well, we tend to digress sometimes off into sci-fi and comics and other things, but yeah, it's all horror related. So, so moving swiftly on, uh, we've got a guest for you this evening, and, and we'll talk about him and bring him in very shortly. And I'm really excited with tonight's guest because uh, the sort of work he does, uh, he he. He may be the only one in the UK that's so prolific and uh, so great at what he does. And uh, it'd be great to get some insights into his work. But uh, first, I just wanted to uh, get some news out to you guys, because I know you I like to be uh, on top of everything. So uh, on October the 1st, which uh, would have been a couple of weeks ago from listening to this, the uh, George Romero Foundation uh, had a bit of a relaunch, a bit of a rebrand and uh, basically got a lot of good information out onto social media about their plans, about what they're doing, about how they're going to do it. Uh, just for a little bit of insight, uh, October 1st uh, is the day that Night of the Living Dead premiered in in Pittsburgh. So it's always been a kind of uh, unofficial George A. Romero day. Uh, of course, it ties in with the start of the Halloween season, which, of course, we all love. So it, so it kind of worked on many levels. So the George A. Romero Foundation uh, used that day to really bring us a load of good information about their work. We got a newsletter that dropped, and I'll give you the website to head over and sign up onto that later. We'll also put the website below the video here as well. Uh, we got a new logo, which is really exciting, uh, and I personally think it's brilliant. Uh, I suggest you try to hit, hit up the foundation on any social media platform and you'll get a uh, good insight into that logo. Uh, and really exciting was they managed to get, and I didn't know these sorts of things happen, but they managed to get a mayoral proclamation from the mayor of Pittsburgh uh, assigning uh, October 1st as George R Romero Day. So it became... Uh, official which is really great and again you can see that proclamation uh on their various platforms on their website and it's really like the sort of thing the town choir like would you read out hear ye hear ye this is now made formal and in so far as much and all that legally speak it's really an in, an impressive document uh so do hit up garth uh on on various platforms uh head over to the website georgeavermerofoundation.org uh, again, there'll be a link to that below uh, to get all the latest news and insights. Uh, finally, I'll just mention that they launched a Patreon page with various levels that you can uh, sign up to to help out the foundation. They are a non 
profit organization uh, and any money that they do make from whatever endeavors goes back into uh, promoting the work of the foundation, uh, which is all about independent filmmaking in Pittsburgh, helping to uh, get the George Romero archive uh, up and running. I'll perhaps talk about that in a future episode. Uh, they're just doing so much. They really are doing a lot of good work uh, and any help they can get, I'm sure will be much appreciated. So I'll, we'll leave it there, but I'll put all the information uh, and some links to some various websites and social media platforms below this video. Uh, and then you can go and have a look at that. Anyway, moving on to tonight, like I alluded to, we have a great guest joining us this evening. Uh, it is Rick from Horrify Me. Uh, he does some amazing horror photography, portrait work, uh, the makeup side of things he does, and that's really amazing. Uh, it's just really good what he does. So we're going to be lucky to get some insights from him, have a good bit of a chat. Uh, and I will be happy to welcome Rick to the podcast. Welcome, yes. Rick. It's well confused. <laughs> He's connected to audio. Ah. Can we hear you? We can hear and see you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, my God. So this is what the 21st century is like. Wow. I know, this right? Is... <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is uh, one part of it. Yes, this is the legacy 2020 will give us because obviously nobody can go anywhere or do anything. Oh, yes. someone's Hello, sneaking person. in the background. There's a little face in the background. Right, Rick, just so you know, we are recording just before you do anything too scandalous. Not that they do anything <coughs> too scandalous. Uh, the reason why we're recording is because I wanted to do a bit of a... Of, just for... I mean, I'm such, such... I'm like the worst host. So anyway, uh, obviously you know me. Yeah. You don't know Corinne and Alex. They're new to the Outlaw team, so I'll introduce you to them. Okay. Corinne and Alex meet Rick. Rick meet Corinne and Alex. Love your work. I believe they are aware of your work, so at least that's something that's good. Uh, so that's done. So yeah, so we did all our introduction, and I did some blurb before we started, and we've introduced you. Yeah. So what I'll probably do is I have to do some stuff for our editing man. I have to do a bit of a countdown thing, but then okay. we're gonna. Basically, it'll be as if I've said you're on. So if you just literally start with introducing yourself, it'll hopefully they can edit it so it's a little bit seamless. So it goes from me okay. saying, and here's Rick from Horrify Me, and then you talk, and then hopefully they can catch what up. So I'll right. bring you in. I'll just do my little hand countdown. Uh, five. Hang on, stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. stop. <coughs> what? So you, you want me just to introduce myself after your camera? Yeah, and then I'll lead into some Q&A and some chat and we'll just have a bit of a chat and a beer and yeah. hopefully just, you know, this is this is the end of the formalities. Once I get over this bit, we can just relax and have a bit of a chill. So that's all good. Okay. So I'll just do my five, sorry, five, four. Hi, I'm Rick from Horrify Me. Is that, is that what, you, what do you want? <laughs> a little bit I, of blurb I, just a little bit of blurb would be nice that's oh, all okay. I'm, just, I'm crap at this I'm sorry Go on, no no it's it. fine all you need to do is literally I'm a bit fine with me and I do I'm the photography that'll do I'm a brilliant photographer yeah that, that'll do so sorry take two okay five four hi I'm Rick from Horrify Me and uh, I do horror photography Great, Rick. Nice to have you on the Outlaws of Horror podcast. So glad you could give up some of your time 
this evening. Uh, tonight, we will hopefully be able to get some good uh, insights into your work and how you've got to do in the work that you're doing and also maybe see what you've got going on in the future. Uh, I've got a bit of a Q&A. I did uh, do a bit of online stalking, I'm afraid. You are yeah. on the internet and we can find out stuff. Not bank details or, or anything you'd be pleased <laughs> to hear, but, uh, but anyway. Uh, and yeah, we'll just, just have a good chat. So I suppose um, you probably, and I'll apologise, you probably had to go through this uh, a, f a few times, but it'd be nice to get a little bit of background. Uh, mm. How did Holify Me come into being? What made you think you wanted to start it? And how did you get all that up, kind of uh, up and running? It kind of started by accident, like all the best things do. Because um, I've worked in design and graphics all my, well, all my whole working life. Um, and part of that work is I've done book covers for authors. And it's not very exciting work, to be honest with you. But I got offered to do uh, a horror novel book cover, which was really exciting work. Um, and so we set up a photo shoot to do that book cover and it was a lot of fun. And we ended up doing it again and then again. And before I knew it, I had a hobby. And then before I knew it, people were asking how much I charge. And oh. I thought, wow, people actually wanted to pay me to do this. Okay. <laughs> so, and then it just turned into a business. So uh, yeah, it, it was never part of any master plan. It just kind of happened. Okay, so, uh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a surprise. That's really cool because it's something so different and so unique. Um, I do a little bit of horror stuff myself because I'm also a photographer, but mine's more like surreal composites and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a little bit of a stalk at your work the other day and it's really cool. There's, you're very, very unique. Do you do your own makeup? Like, do you? Yeah. You do? Wicked. Yeah. Like, do you use like latex and stuff like that then? Yeah, latex, silicon, body paint, um, mud. I use a lot of mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, just just anything. I mean, stuff out the kitchen. I use everything from professional makeup to literally stuff out the kitchen, and sometimes even out the garden. Awesome. So if it looks wow. good on camera, I'll use it. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's probably probably gives it quite an authentic look in some cases as well. Yeah, would have thought it's good. Uh, and when did you start Horrify Me? Was it around 2015? I think I remembered reading. Was that right or? Yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of technically started in 2014, um, but it was just just something to do to sit around in 2014. Um, but it started getting serious in 2015. Um, by 2016, I, I'd won a couple of awards, which wow. I didn't expect, you know. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I... Sorry, go on. That's it. it's, it's just been an interesting kind of ride, really. Um, it's had its controversies as well, you know, as you, I'm sure you're aware. But and we will get on to those. I'm, uh, I've, yeah, I'm aware of some of your, uh, some of the trouble you've got into in your position on censorship, which I wholeheartedly agree with, to be honest. Uh, mm. But we'll get on to that. So uh, again, like I said, I was doing a bit of online stalking. Uh, I'm, I'm the outlaw that's gone with a bit of, of a reputation for doing my homework. Uh, purely because I have an innate dread of coming on here and then just being like, uh, so I try to get as much information as I can because otherwise yeah. I'm not good off the cuff. So I was reading, I understood that you uh, were quite heavily influenced by the likes of American Airwolf in London, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. Poltergeist, I believe was something, uh, as well as the work of Rick Baker. And I wondered if you would just talk us through about, you know, kind of growing up and seeing his work and how that might have influenced you and got you into it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, all Stan Winston, Rick Baker, Rob, is it Botin or Botine or whatever it Botine, is? Botine, yeah. Um, Botine, him. Um, but for me, it was always 
Tom Savini was always the guy. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I, I don't know what it is. There's, there's something about his work that completely clicked with me when I was really young. And I, I was a teenager in the 80s. Um, and obviously everything was from Betamax or VHS, if you were lucky, you know, it's, it's actually quite hard to get hold of a lot of the stuff in the 80s. Um, most of the stuff we wanted to watch was banned. So we ended up having mm -hmm. to try and get dodgy copies from the, the guy in the video shop, you know, but uh, yeah, I was just, he was like a rock star to me, that guy. So um, the Halloween movies, Dawn of the Dead movies, the zombie stuff, Day of the Dead, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, um, where Rick Baker and Stan Winston were, were like real engineers of, of creatures and things. Um, Tom Savini just felt a bit more hardcore in the horror. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's a bit more of a purist in terms of the gore and the blood. And that, that's the stuff that I just loved. Um, and what I'm still doing, you know, if, if, if I was to blame someone for what I'm doing, it's more than likely him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably a good uh, a good thing to be blamed for. I certainly would be, would be quite happy with yeah, influence. Yeah. yeah. I think I can see where you're coming from. We had uh, Jim Jim Crutt on the show, who's a helicopter zombie in Dawn, uh, and he yep. basically said he was happy because we asked him about some of the setup and how that worked, and you know, obviously he's getting his head kind of chopped off. So how did he feel about? And he said he was completely comfortable handing himself over to Tom, 100%. He had complete confidence in Tom, and he knew that Tom knew what he was doing, and, and the way it was all going to work. So I can understand why you would see see Tom's work in that aspect because he was well respected and very good at what he does. So that's, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, it's almost kind of, uh, uh, got ahead of my, got ahead of myself. I was going to ask about your inspirations. So obviously Tom Savini is a big one, I guess. He is. And, um, I think the other thing is, is Tom Savini was always very resourceful and, you know, he could, he could do really amazing stuff with virtually no budgets. Um, and, and I think, you know, when Rick Baker's building these werewolves that transform in front of your eyes, that's just, you know, to, to young kids watching, that's awesome, but it's never something you could do. No. You know, whereas, whereas Tom Savini's got no money and yet he's making these amazing effects and think, well, actually, yeah, I could probably use some ketchup and some eggshells and I could do that, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it's, it's, it, you, you just kind of felt more inspired. You know, you know, the things that he was creating felt more doable. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that's all he did, because obviously he built some great creatures and things as well, like oh, in yeah. Creature and that, but um, no, I don't know. It's just, just something about it just clicked. And uh, I've, I've never kind of grown out of Tom Savini. Brilliant, that's excellent. So, yeah, we, we we love Tom here. He's, he's, he's managed to get across to the UK two or three times. We've been lucky enough to meet him as yourself oh. has. So, yeah, we're, we're big fans of Tom. Uh, I guess that makes me wonder, because I was reading... Uh, a bit of the history of uh, Rick Baker and how he would have to, first of all, he would literally uh, turn his bedroom into a studio to do and make his work and bluntly masks. But then of course that became too small. So he moved into the kitchen, which his parents didn't seem to have any bother about at all. Uh, yeah. Were you able to be quite resourceful at home? Were you able to get, you know, the space you needed and, and the stuff you needed and shock your parents by making wounds on your bodies and stuff? Or was it a, oh, yeah. a bit different, yeah? Yeah, I, I mean, any any kid who's ever got into, like, making prosthetics or Halloween masks or latex things, um, you know, when they're young and got their bedroom, um, have probably had the, the rock-hard latex carpet effect. You know, I had to <laughs> wreck that carpet. Um, and, you know, there's, like, three nice bed... Well, 
two nice bedrooms and my bedroom because my bedroom was covered in plaster and paint and it was just like a horrible workshop but I also had to sleep in there you know oh, no. so, uh, <laughs> but, oh yeah definitely yeah um, I mean these days I've got a proper workshop obviously that I work out of so uh, you know, the house is saved <laughs> brilliant yeah and I, I, and are you all pretty much self-taught in that respect in the, like the makeup side because you said you did some graphic design uh, early on but did you ever get into any of the makeup studying or you just literally learn no, it all, as you went along all self-taught um brilliant. I mean I've I bought Dick Smith's book as a kid. You know, you must remember the Dick Smith book. Um, you know, slapping gelatin and jam all over your head to look like Frankenstein and that. Um, and then, uh, was it Grand Illusion that Tom Savini did? Yes, uh, I think it was, yeah. yeah. I, I bought that. I used to buy Fangoria. You know, you used to study Fangoria. Um, just try and copy things and practice things. Uh, so, yeah, it's all, all, all self-taught. I've had no official training on it. Um, my, my formal training was in in fine art and design and i think that's more what i bring to the table with my horror photography to be honest because I, I paint people more than i do makeup you know what i mean it's, it's um it feels more like arts and crafts than it does makeup when i'm doing it yeah is that so, where you is, is that what influences your i say use of light in the photography but it's almost that there is no light i think i was reading that's the kind of area that you studied is that right Sorry, say that bit again. In is the fine art studying uh, influencing some of the photography that you do and the use of or lack of use of light? Because I read somewhere that you tend to try to keep it quite dark and whatever shows oh, yeah. kind of shows and, and all that sort of thing. Is that? Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, that's hard to answer really. Um, when I was studying. Um, I was always interested in um, life, life classes, you know, like painting nudes and drawing nudes, but, but I was never that good at it. Um, and I was better at doing like still life. So, you need know, apples and oranges on a bowl and just paint that. And I was, I was quite good at that. Um, but it's, it's the painting skill that I brought out of it, which um, you've seen some of my collection. I mean, I paint all my model kits and things. Um, and when I see people do zombie makeups and they're using all this makeup kit, was well, I'm using paints and paintbrushes and I'm, I'm literally painting them, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different process. Yeah. Um, so, and as for the lighting, I mean, the, the lighting I use is based very much on, uh, well, like George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, all that kind of um, high contrast, um, like, like film noir lighting. Yeah. Um, I had to go away and be trained in that, but, uh, it was expensive learning that, but it was worth it. It was worth it. I'd say it definitely pays off. Yeah, it definitely pays off. Uh, and funny enough, it leads me into my little bit of my next little sort of thing I was going to go to. Obviously, you alluded to the fact that you started to pick up uh, some awards, and I make no apology. I'm going to pick you up a little bit here, and I hope you can give us a bit of background to some of these. So uh, in 2014, there was a National Photography Award, I believe, uh, yeah. In 2015 and 2016, there were some old-fashioned photography awards. Yeah. Uh, tw 2017, uh, I hold a photography award finalist, yeah. I believe. Uh, some fear awards or finalists in 2017, I believe, as well. And then yeah. some SCAR awards in 2016 for design and creativity. So uh, mm. just run us through some of those awards, because they sound like they're what kind of work was... Get, was getting you that kind of recognition? Um, well, the first one was um, 
the, the National Photography Award, I, I saw this award scheme and I just thought, oh, I'll enter that. And I looked at all the categories and then there's no category for what I do. So I, I, <laughs> I kind of wasn't going to enter it. And uh, But I thought, well, there's a creative category. I'll, I'll, I'll just chance it. I'll just try my luck. And uh, yeah, I got a medal. I won the award <laughs> for a zombie picture. Brilliant. Um, and I was quite chuffed, obviously. Um, and, you know, I, I did feel like I, that was a fluke, if I'm honest. Um, and then the SCAR award, uh, that's a big one for me because that is actually um, my peers in the horror trade. You know, that's um, the, the ScareCon award. Um, and I worked really, really hard on, on a photo shoot to enter into that award. And, uh, yeah, when I won that, I was just like, oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, got a bit of silverware from that as well, which is nice. Um the uh, the old fashion awards they're, they're actually nothing to do with me I got nominated by people and that's all done on votes oh, okay um, so that, that just happened without me do you know what I mean um, and, and I won that two years in a row which was really nice because that means other people love the work and um, vote for it so yeah very happy about that good good stuff yeah uh, and then the fear award I guess that was a horror themed ceremony. Yeah, I think the the Eye Horror and Fear Awards uh, are really for filmmakers, but they've got a photography category. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, I entered in the photography category. It is really competitive. Um, so I was quite chuffed to be in a finalist. I, you know, I didn't win it, but being no. a finalist was pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with that. That's uh... no, I would agree. That's probably something to really be 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 really proud of. I think that's done uh, done you really well. Uh, great, yeah, great yeah. for that. Uh, I'm probably going to put you on the spot a bit. Let me kill my ipad sorry i'm probably going to put you a little bit on the spot here because i know this is probably really difficult but i thought i'll ask it and then see what you go uh, uh it's kind of two questions split in the middle so i've got favorite photo shoot which i know is probably mm. going to be really difficult and i've got favorite subject or or model but you can't say claire i can't say claire no you've got to pick someone else Hang on, sitting right next to me. Because <laughs> oh. I, I, I want to try to make it difficult. You can't say my name. <laughs> you bastard. Your eyes burning at you now. Bless her. Nothing. I don't even know what you're talking about. So I've not been listening. This my my favourite shoot. God, that is a hard one. Um, I think one of my favourite shoots is uh, Mrs. Pinhead. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Cool. Because see that. Um, that that was hard work. That was, um, and not just making that makeup, not not creating it was hard, but doing the shoot was hard as well. Um, on all of us, you know, it's four of us that day doing that, um, including Claire. Um, and even like during the shoot, we constantly having to stop and fix pins because they kept dropping out and. Oh, I was I was on pin duty. It was it was a nightmare, but we got great pictures out of it. So I really felt like we earned them pictures, you know, that night. So I guess that's probably my favourite, and it's also been one of the biggest shoots in terms of the reactions I've had. Yeah, um, I think it went uh, pretty well, pretty well ran into it, didn't it? I think it did. Yeah, and even even Clive Barker commented on on Twitter. You know, that that was quite oh, wow. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah, you thought the pictures were glorious. So uh, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I think you've got to take that. Definitely got to take that. Yeah. So does that count as favourite subject model as well? 
Um, God, that's a really hard one to ask. I'll tell you, I, I work with a lot of really talented models, and I, bet, yeah. I, I can't pick a favourite. I knew this would be difficult, to be honest. I knew this would be difficult. I could yeah. let you off the hook, to be honest, because I knew that would be, be a real, real tough one. Because you work with some great people, and, and they all seem to be up for whatever you want to do and have so much fun. It just seems like it's a great experience. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, when you work with... Um, interesting people that, that are into it it just makes your job more kind of um exciting and you know rewarding um because it doesn't feel like a day at work it just feels like a day out it's it's, it's good fun good well i'm going to move on to something and you might get a bit angry or a bit venting so which you're happy to but i'm just warning you in advance so i know okay. through following you across the various social media platforms you could be quite vocal on uh, censorship yeah. Uh, so I was just looking to understand uh, what do you think the future holds for censorship? Do you think we're going in an OK direction or maybe not so much? What's your current thoughts on that as you're doing more and more of this work? Am I allowed to swear on this thing? Yes. It'll get an E beside it, but that's fine. All right. <laughs> now, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all fucking bollocks. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't think we're going in a good direction. Um because we've gone from my era of censorship, which was about censoring horror films in the 80s. Um, and it was, you know, if he was there, it was pretty bad. It, it was, um, you know, what was it, 70-odd films on the banned list at the time? Mm, yeah, probably was, yeah. Um, and now we're going into censoring uh, works of art, opinions, um, points of view, I don't know political beliefs we just seem to censor in everything at the moment yeah. and it's, it's it's getting far worse not better and people don't seem to care about horror anymore because that's you know people sit on their sofa watching the walking dead and that's got blood and guts in it so they've obviously moved on from horror and they're censoring something else and then mm. i suppose the next 20 years they'll find something else to censor so no it's that's just going to be ongoing i think um but when you look at the the through line of censorship you know you look back at how it was um the comic books in the 40s and rock and roll music in the 50s and um ended up being video games as well in the 90s do you know what i mean it's mm. it's just i think media just always outrages certain quarters of, of the community and they're just never going to shut up no i think you're right i think you're right yeah no i mean i'm inclined to agree with all of that which uh you know doesn't make for Protracted conversation, perhaps, but it's yeah. But, but I think that's certainly, certainly something that uh, that we have to deal with. I don't know, Queen Alex. Do you get any? You're probably not affected by this so much, are you? Or do you find you kind of coming a copper of this in your work? Um, I think we've been kind of lucky in the sense that we've not had to deal with censorship no, yet. Really. But no. I I look at like what gets censored and what you can say and what you can't say and what we were allowed to say like back in the 90, 90, 80, end of the 80s, 90s yeah. era and what you can't say that now. It, it's like classic comedy sketches of Monty Python and Basil Fawlty and stuff, but you can't do that now. But there's always something. They will always pick on something. And I think it's, I feel like it's getting worse. Mm. Yeah. 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 But 
it, it's like you said, like video games in the 90s, of course, the big argument then was Grand Theft Auto. And of course, now that's one of the top seven games out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think censorship drives that. Yeah. I think, I think quite often, so much, on so much occasions, censorship you know, backfires. I mean, I'm sure we've all been told as a kid, you can't see that, you can't go and do that. And what's the first thing that you want to do? You want to go and see it, or you want to go and do it. So it's always really well, kind of, you know, maybe. Just like in the 80s, it's like, you know, in, in that period, uh, these 70 films are banned. Right. So what 70 films have we got to watch then? <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah. don't tell me not to do something because i won't do it <laughs> that was a list of must-see movies that wasn't a list of banned movies you know it's no, like banned movies with my mum the thing is people um, the people tend to forget how recently a lot of these banned films were unbanned because um yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone sort of blames Mary Whitehouse, but really it was a guy called James Furman who was in charge of the BBFC um, at the time, and it was, he was kind of ruling it with an iron fist. Um, and it was only after he retired and then DVDs came into the market and all these films were resubmitted. And so it was only around about the year 2000 that we was allowed to watch The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw for the first time. You know, it was really that recent. And mm. it's pretty shocking when you think about it. Yeah. It's frightening, really, to think it was not that long ago when you think about it. In this, in the big scale of things, there you are. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's something I think is we're always going to have to deal with, and and hopefully it just it'll like you say maybe it'll move on to other things and perhaps leave us alone a bit for now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, I was going to ask uh, something that I'm not even sure if it exists, but I thought I'd ask, and then you can perhaps uh, elaborate. Uh, what is or even is there a kind of uh, typical day in the studio or is every day so different that you're literally waking up thinking, what's going to happen? Um, it is kind of like that because quite often um, I haven't met the person I'm going to do makeup on until they walk in the door. Oh, okay, right, yeah. That, that's quite common. So I've got to think on my feet. I, I basically like, meet someone, shake their hand, make them a cup of tea and chat about horror films. But all the time I'm doing that, I'm studying them and planning out how I'm going to do their makeup. So I'm sort of designing on the fly, and that, that makes the job interesting. Um, others, obviously, I have met them and I've planned to shoot, so that, that's a different thing. But it, it's it's always quite varied. And even though I've done, I can't tell you the number of zombies I've made, it's hundreds and hundreds of them, but I never get bored of it. And they all do feel really different because it's with someone new that I've only just met. And, um, you know, the makeup process is always different. Directing them in the shoot is always different. Um, so it's always quite fascinating to see how they respond to these um, directions. And is it quite often it's their first time doing something like this? Is that the majority of them, I guess? So they're probably thinking, oh, have I let myself in for maybe? <laughs> yeah, and, and like um, working with models is different to working with the general public because um, models are very familiar with the environment, um, whereas the general public are not and they're a bit nervous or they'll feel, feel silly, you know, so you've got to try and get some sort of trust established. Um, but once you've got that, um, you start getting the poses. But the, I mean, the best thing is like they say, they say you've got to look angry and pull a fierce expression and show all your teeth. And they're like, oh, I don't do angry. I can't be angry. <laughs> well, you can. We'll, we'll, we'll go through the process and I'll, you know, I'll get them to think about things that really piss them off or something, you know, and um, we, we always get there. But it's a fascinating process watching how easy some people take to it and how difficult it is with others. Um, and there's a bit of psychology involved, you know, just to, to get people kind of doing things that are out of their comfort zones. So, uh, yeah, it's always interesting. 
productions as well? Do I do what? Sorry. You do makeup for TV productions as well. No, I don't do anything like that. You'd be amazing at like helping them out with lighting and do the makeup for them. Yeah, I get offered. I do get offered film projects from time to time, but I, I tend to turn them down because I just love really? what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just happy doing what I do. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And it keeps you busy, I think, as well, right? Doesn't it? From what I gather. Yeah. 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 When there's not a worldwide pandemic, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting because that's um, you've sort of brought in a quite interesting facet there because I was thinking, you know, you've got the makeup and you've got the photography uh, and it might be that they're the two elements but it was interesting to hear you bring in about the psychology of it all and you know getting the person geared up mentally as well. I suppose that must be just as important as what it looks like on the outside how they're yeah. dealing with it on the inside yeah um well like I say people who've never done it before they're all excited and they want to do it but they're still got these nerves um so I've, I've kind of got this routine of I'll make them a cup of tea and we'll chat and you know I'll ask them about what they do for a living and what horror films they enjoy and, and usually that chat really breaks a lot of ice oh, okay um, good you know so by the time we get onto the makeup stage they're quite relaxed um and it's when it's when you can see how people are, are resisting the urge to really let go and like really scream into the camera and really show fierceness you know the, the sort of poses you want for horror pictures really um some people really resist it so I just get them to shout swear words at me, you know, just, just snarl me, tell me to fuck off and, and oh, I'll say it's fine, I won't be offended, just do it. And uh, they'll do it and then, oh, good, yeah, we'll do it again, but mean it more this time. And so, you know, there's a bit of that sort of banter going on and we just, it's what it takes to get the picture sometimes, but um, it, it makes me laugh, I love it. Thanks, that's really, sounds lots of fun. Go on, Alex, sorry. Um, I was going to say, have you ever had moments where you've been behind the camera and got them to scare you so much you've had to actually take a moment back and remember where, what you're doing? No, that hasn't happened really. But um, I've had a few performers that um, I've been quite mesmerised by. Um, and I don't know if you saw the pictures a few weeks ago. There was a, a, like a vampire with bald and pointy ears. He looked mm. like a modern Nosferatu kind of guy. Um, and he's actually a, a professional dancer, um, does interpretive dance. And he, he, the way he moves his body and dances and sort of interprets his character was really fascinating. And I, I just couldn't stop watching him. And I, I, I bet take pictures, didn't I? You know, click. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've had that happen a few times. That's interesting. You wouldn't automatically think that you could bring that sort of skill into the in to the shoot, but of course, yeah, probably probably does work quite well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, but um, some of the scare actors can be a bit scary sometimes because they really get into it and they, you know, they uh, when you ask them to scream into the camera, my God, do they scream into the camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. Anyone. When um, we were shooting most terrifying places, I did the unit stills. Um, for them and we were filming at the Haunted Museum I don't know if you've seen it and um, this girl bless her um, she was like pulling faces like trying to like act, pretend like she was screaming but not actually screaming and the camera guy was like why don't you scream properly so she let out this blood curdling scream we were all like okay the whole building absolutely yeah. crapped their pants thinking yeah. something was happening but yeah I know why you asked that yeah. question <laughs> just like, oh yeah that happened <laughs> Awesome. Oh. So I suppose we've kind of gone through the kind of like the 
the uh, the makeup side of it and the photographer side of it and the whole studio experience. So obviously you've got the output from that, the photography, the stills, whatever it, whatever it kind of might be. Is there then a split between the photography and Photoshop? Do you find yourself doing a lot of work on Photoshop or does it just need a bit of tinkering? Or how does that play into um, it? Yeah, Photoshop is important, um, but the pictures are not Photoshop creations. You know, you know they're, they're created in front of the camera. Um, but I do use Photoshop to fix things sometimes. Um, I think the biggest one is is fixing the eyes. I always make, I make the eyes look a lot scarier in Photoshop. Because okay. um, not everyone wears contacts. And to be honest with you, I, I prefer natural eyes over contacts anyway, because the catch lights look nicer. Um, you know, contacts don't reflect as well. Um, and now and again, there's a little bit of duff makeup showing or a join that's not quite right, so I'll just Photoshop over that. But but generally, you know, the Photoshop work is pretty light, really. Okay, so it is more done in the studio, and then it's kind of yeah. touched up, tweaked in. I think that's good to know. That's good to know. I've yeah. got. Uh, I think I've got a kind of preference for that balance uh we had graham humphreys i don't know if you're aware of graham and his yeah. work we had him on the show and uh i i was doing my bit of research as i do and i just kind of based on the research made the assumption that he would vilify photoshop and, and be like anti-photoshop he actually used it almost exclusively for nearly 10 years and, and he was the same as you he was like it's it's part of the process you know you have to you have to understand how it works and use it to your benefit so yeah, I yeah understand the, that. the other day it's just a tool that creative people use you know it, it's i think a lot of people have this image of photoshop where you could just put a crappy picture in press a couple of buttons and a lovely picture comes out and mm. there's no skill involved but it's, it's just not the case no yeah. idea yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody listening or watching this thinks that then it's not true i mean i haven't got a clue about photoshop i've got enough of a clue to know that you have to be very adept in using it to get what you want you don't just it's not like some push f5 and it just you know it does all the work no definitely not yeah, so. press the make awesome photo button <laughs> yeah i know yeah <laughs> you put one of them too if only <laughs> brilliant so i'm kind of going to move in to what might be a bit of fantasy but it might have already happened i don't know but i was just going to ask what if you know all cars on the on the table what would be your dream photo shoot your dream subject um, I'd tell you, I'd, I'd actually love to shoot Tom Savini. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> that would probably never happen, but you know, that, that, if, if that was just anything I wanted, yeah, I'd get Tom in the studio. I'd have him for the day. Um, turn him into a zombie, see how he likes it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think back. I don't think he's ever, I mean, I suppose the closest he came to a zombie was from dusk till dawn because he gets, uh, he gets killed from dust till dawn and then comes back, I'm sure, doesn't oh, he? Oh, he pops up in um, Land of the Dead as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But generally, he, he manages to work it so he's either the other side of the camera or hacking him apart with a big machete. So you might, it would be good for him to oh, get into sorry, the Oh, sorry, I've got That's all right. Hello. That's my day. Oh, you just met the dog. That was April. Oh. Hello, April. No, that's all good. It's all good. So Tom Savini as a zombie is the uh, is the dream shoot, the, the dream yeah. subject. Yeah, that that would be the dream person to have in the studio, yeah. yeah. We'll have to try and see what magic we can work. Obviously, he can't even leave the States at the moment, but you never know what the future mm. might hold. We'll 
we'll keep our fingers crossed. That's good. It's uh, good. So just moving on then, I suppose uh, we've we've talked about a lot of the work you've done and, and, and how you've done it. What does what does the future hold for Horrify Me? Is there any exciting things in the pipeline you can give us a little bit of info on or anything? Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, the, the plan's all got kind of put on hold a lot this year because of, you know, the obvious. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to pick up a bit of momentum again. Um, excuse me one second. Come on, go away. Go away. Um, the, obviously, I've just got a new calendar out, which, which is uh, already selling quite well. Um, okay. And I'm down to the last few boxes of books now, because the book's nearly gone. I was going to ask about the book. Yeah, we'll, we'll speak um, on that shortly. But the, the, the plan now is I'm working on a second book. Um, and the first book did well enough that it's worth doing a second one. But I've got a very specific theme in mind for the second one, which uh, I'm hoping to make it a bit more interesting. Willing to give a little bit of an outlaw exclusive on that, or are you keeping it secret for now? Um, it's going to be based on the colour red. Oh, OK. That's good. I like that. That's, that's good. That, that, that's, that's not just a, a cryptic hint. That's basically my brief for the book. So. <laughs> OK. Well, <yeah. laughs> So I was going to ask because uh, I've, I've seen the first book and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and I was just going to ask, how did that come about? What was that process like? Uh, was there any works that you had to leave out that was difficult or did you get everything in there that you wanted? I pretty much got everything in there that I wanted. Um, and the thing is, because I did it all myself, um, you know, fortunately, I've got a, a very strong graphic design background. So I was able to put it all together myself. Um, if you've ever edited a book, you'll know it's, bloody hard it's hard and it's a really daunting task when you've got like 278 pages to fill and seven and a half thousand pictures to pick from it's wow it's yeah um but uh i wanted the book to be um a quality glossy full color hardback you know a nice edition um so obviously there's quite a lot of time money invested in it um i never knew people would want it but the reason i wanted to do it is because i'm really passionate about images being in print because the trouble is everybody sees pictures on the line on JPEGs and they scroll past them and that's, that's it. You know, the, you mm. spend hours and hours and hours on an image and its lifespan on the internet is 4.2 seconds or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so the book kind of makes the work feel a bit more meaningful when it's in print and, and I think they look better in print as well. So that, that's kind of what motivated the book. Um, and the nice thing is it's been picked up by, well, obviously people who love horror buy it, but um, it's picked up a big following now in tattoo studios. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I'm forever seeing tattoos appear of, of one of my photos on someone's arm, you know, and uh, wow. that's, that's that's quite nice. That's gotta be quite cool, yeah. Awesome. So that's a nice twist to come about from then. You probably weren't, weren't expecting that then, I guess. No, and uh, there's, there's like, um, I can't remember what the first one was now, but there's a tattoo appeared based on one of my pictures. It's like, oh my God, someone thinks it's good enough to do that with, you know. Um, but then another appeared and then another. And before before we knew it, there's hundreds and there's tattoo studios literally all, all over the world um, that base their tattoos on my pictures. I mean, you must know about the Valak nun photograph. Yes, yeah, but I was just going to briefly touch on some of what I thought were your highlights. I was going to run through some, but yeah, and, and Valak's one of them and that's... An amazing piece of photography. I really did like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's appeared on more people than I, I don't know. It's I've got like several hundred that I know of copies of that tattoo from different people. It's um, it's mad. Wow. Mm. 
yeah some of the highlights i was looking at was obviously the zombie we've talked about you've said you've done hundreds of zombies i know there was an exorcist shoot that looked really well uh, lots yeah. of vampire shoots uh valak freddy krueger i think you did a freddy krueger did you what was oh, that? that must have been quite good done yeah, a done few it. of them i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah, i loved it freddy yeah. Freddie must be good, yeah. Uh, demonic stuff. Uh, the scary wedding stuff I really like as well. How do you uh, do, like, couples come to you and say, oh, I've just got married to this man, but now I'll want to slice his head off? And is this the sort of thing that you get? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't do anything on the real wedding day, obviously. But, um, you know, after after they've done their wedding, um, they can come get some scary wedding pictures. And sometimes they're just, you know, portraits, but they've got fangs on or the up as vampires and other times they're hacking each other up and cutting each other's eyeballs out and things yeah why not you know why not no i think it's brilliant yeah no it's really good yeah. it's really good no that, that was just some of the stuff i think you did a you you did a carry shoot or more than one 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 carry shoot that must have been really fun as well to literally drench somebody in blood yeah it was fun <laughs> for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have to have that horrible shower afterwards but, um, oh no i can imagine yeah but that's if that's what somebody once then there's you know that's all part of the fun isn't it yeah exactly yeah good so you talked to we talked about the calendar and we talked about the book uh we'll probably drop some uh, web links below the video but where can guys pick up this stuff is it all from the website or how does it work yeah everything's on the horrify me website which is horrify.me.uk cool we'll get that link below um, the video as well okay and yeah just everything's on there the book the calendar t-shirts vouchers the whole lot so uh yeah, you know, I keep everything in house, really. And if somebody wants to, book, if somebody wants to book a shoot with you, uh, I guess it's the website. Is that yeah. given everything that's going on? Is that still something that they can do, and and is all set up to be all good? Yeah, that's all happening. Um, you know, so there's a there's a booking form on the website, but it's it's like one of these you're not obliged to do anything if you fill it in. So, you know, most people just fill in the, the booking form and then we start a conversation and, ah, okay. you know, some people disappear, other people go through with it. But um, it's all very easy, all very straightforward. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly get, uh, we'll get the website linked below the video uh, and we'll certainly put on there that there's, uh, the, the the book is available, the 2021 calendar is available uh so i'm just distracted by your screensaver on your computer that, that, that threw me slightly <laughs> there very impressed with that yeah uh and I, yeah i did that especially for this oh good i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> i made an effort you see where are you based <laughs> where am i based um yeah. in in dover in kent oh oh you're gonna get booking from me anyway <laughs> <laughs> nice. you go well, you go for a day, don't you? And it's a very, it's it's a very, very fun day. Uh, yeah, it is a good day out. Um, I mean, I had a couple in this morning that came from Glasgow. Oh wow! Uh, they come from Glasgow, did the shoot, and they're going home again. So that's quite flattering when people do that. So, what's your what's your furthest? What's your furthest? Anybody come from abroad? Australia. Wow, really? And what did they want? Yeah. Just zombies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say just zombies, but you know um but yeah they've come all that way just to do zombies wow and, uh, yeah it, that that felt like pressure that one because they, they come all this way i can't fuck it up you know what i mean not that i would but <laughs> no, feel the pressure there um i've had people come from the states romania uh holland all over the place all over the uk obviously wow. so yeah there you go 
I guess the social media helps that as well, because literally you can upload something and within a few minutes, it's literally all over the world, isn't it? So that probably helps yeah. a lot with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Well, we'll we'll start to wrap it up, Rick. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great to hear uh, some of the insights and and some of the work that you do. Uh, like I said, we will uh, link you uh, to the website below the video here, uh, and we'll note that we've got uh, some merch and some calendars and stuff to buy. Hello, April again. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to say just to finish off, and then we can uh, send you send you on your way, and you can enjoy the rest of your evening. I think before I go, um, Mrs. Horrifying has got to say hello. Of course, please do, yes. Please bring in Mrs. Horrifying me. How are we doing, Claire? Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank yeah. you. This is, this is what she looks like when she's not caked in blood. So oh, <laughs> it's a really terrific version. <laughs> <laughs> no. Stop. Oh, I love hey. it. You've done a lot of good stuff, Claire. You really have done a lot of good stuff. So we. Oh, we're... thank you. I still have my own book soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you make the cover, don't you? Of a coffee table book, I think that you I that's you on the cover, isn't it? Yeah. See, so that's, you do. Yes. that's not yeah. too bad. That's, that's a good thing to be proud. Oh, definitely. How many people have you tattooed to them? Sorry. But I wonder how many people have you tattooed to them? Oh, what me? My yeah. There's a few. There's not not that many, but I think there's. There's one of the um, one of the others from the set of the book cover, isn't there? Yeah. Um, someone turned that into um, like a Snow White theme of all things, where they're like a poisoned apple. Oh, um, cool. Bit, which was quite interesting. Um, and I think there's one other, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, but it was really good, whatever it was. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, it's really weird to think that you're faces on somebody's else, someone else's body and they've chosen it to be there <laughs> yeah that was voluntarily yeah they wanted that yeah, and they paid someone really, to do it so there you go yeah really um yeah real good stamp of approval yeah absolutely yeah great well it's been awesome again i can only thank you for your time uh and like i say we'll definitely uh get some of those links below the video we'll uh, let you know when this goes up and we'll let you enjoy your evening see you later guys See you later. Bye. Thank oh. you. Bye. Well, that was Rick from Horrify Me, uh, and that was some really great insights there. What did you guys think about that, Alex? Uh, Corinne, you said, I think there was some good, good stuff there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm definitely going to book in. I could see your eyes going like photography side of it. It is like. <laughs> I think I was looking at the background more, like all his work. <laughs> There was a lot of good work on display, uh, a little bit of an advert there for him, which is fine as well. We're happy to, to do that because we love his work here over at the Outlaws. That's why we decided to, to get him on the show. Uh, so uh, on that note, I will uh, let you guys... Let me do that again because that was useless. And on that note, I shall draw tonight's podcast to a close. Uh, I'll just thank Rick again for his time. Uh, I shall uh, let Corinne and Alex give you their goodbye, and then I shall sign us out. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> As always, guys, please hit us up on the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, like, and hit notifications to get all the latest Outlaw stuff. We've got a great uh, winter planned with a lot of content you won't want to miss uh, and uh, this is Outlaw Collins signing out I will catch you on the next podcast see you later